When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Forever News! The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related. And we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. Still moving on. Still moving on. This is for my day ones. This is for my day ones. Come on. For Dragon Ball Legends fans, which I ain't gonna lie, I, have, I think that's one of the few mobile games I have on my phone. There you have it. Shalot will be going Super Saiyan Blue. For some reason, I keep thinking, isn't his name supposed to be Shalnark? Maybe I'm thinking of Hunter Hunter. I don't know. Okay, people, in first order of business, as I've been telling you for a while now, my album, The Rise of Tim Roosevelt, has officially been released as of June 16, 2023. You can listen to it on all streaming platforms, my YouTube channel, Nimrod Media Inc., and Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, everywhere that you can get music, it is available. I highly appreciate everybody that has already listened to the album and brought me feedback, and in general, anybody out there, if you would like to listen to some good music that is um, healing for the soul healing for your mind giving you a little bit of my adventures my journey in life and my growth and whatnot then i highly recommend you check it out the rise of tim roosevelt out now seriously thank you to everybody that's been supporting it's been an overwhelming amount of love for this project and it means the world to me thank you and for starters we got a whole bunch of stories so let's just jump straight into it for starters we got a little bit of drama here with tokyo revengers because apparently one of the actors for the live action tokyo revengers has been arrested on suspicion of marijuana possession i don't know what the rules are on youtube nowadays so i i'm just saying i'm all wild but the NHK reported today that actor Kento Nagayama was arrested by the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Department on suspicion of possession. The 34-year-old actor recently played Keisuke Baji in the Tokyo Avengers live-action film series. On the night of June 15th, the investigators from the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Department searched his apartment in Meguro Ward, Tokyo, and found marijuana, leading to his arrest on the following day. According to investigators sourced in the NHK's report, The police are now investigating how he came to be in possession of it. Nagayama made his professional acting debut in 2007, winning the Rookie Award at the 32nd Japan Academy Award in 2010 for his starring performance in the film Soft Boy. And yeah, he's been in Tokyo Avengers 2. And in general, I mean, to be fair, sometimes I wonder, like, is this a publicity stunt? Like, yo, dog, he's, you know, playing a a gangster in a movie, Tokyo Avengers. That's probably one of the biggest things he's done in quite some time. And yeah, that happens. And in Japan, I guess that would be considered gangster, considering it's like a major, major problem. Like, yo, he just broke all the Ten Commandments by doing this. So... Yeah, I mean, hope homie is okay, hope everything goes good for him, but I'd imagine, especially in Japan, that is probably going to be a very big hit on his career, because they don't play with that at all over there, so yeah, my heart goes out to homie, but... 
Maybe you might want to try the West or something if uh, that's not working out for you, buddy. Especially if you're trying to get your, your little puff puff on. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. Moving forward, My Hero Academia fans. My Hero Academia Season 7's anime teaser visual has Deku going monochrome. In case you don't know, yes, it's already been confirmed. My Hero Academia is getting that 7th season. Deku has to go off on his own to beat the odds. And the latest teaser visual for the next season of My Hero Academia's TV anime encapsulates this by updating the original teaser visual drawn by anime character designer Yoshihiko Umakoshi and giving it a monochrome of paint and looking at this visual it looks pretty cool I ain't gonna lie it's not like the greatest art in the world but I like it and it's just hyping up that yeah season 7 is coming and I'm looking forward to it I ain't gonna lie based on what's been happening with the manga over the last year and some change I'm hoping that the anime can outdo the feeling that the manga has been given because there's no secret that a lot of people feel like My Hero Academia has fell off with the manga again over the last year or so. I'm hoping that the anime could come and restore the feeling some way. There's been plenty of cases we've seen where one source material or the adaptation has lacked better than the other uh, or has been worse than the other. So I'm hoping that at the very least My Hero Academia Season 7 can come through and be like, yo, maybe the manga wasn't hitting like that but the anime the way it's paced and everything is going to restore order we shall see though either way dope visual and looking forward to the season regardless my hero academia for better or worse has been one hell of a ride we're approaching where it's crazy to say we're one year away from my hero being 10 years old dog i remember when it first dropped in shonen jump like right around the time that naruto ended like at the end of 2014 i want to say and here we are yeah Moving forward, Black Clover fans, Black Clover fans, as you're watching this right now, the Black Clover movie is officially out. You can go watch it. You can go stream it. But uh, they actually put out like four minutes of it for free. So if you don't have Netflix and you're on the fence like, I want to watch the Black Clover movie, but I don't know about Netflix. Well, Netflix streams the first four minutes of Black Clover movie, Sword of the Wizard King, before Friday's debut. Netflix began streaming the first four minutes of the movie. Uh, on Thursday, the video is available with eight different audio languages and 13 different subtitle languages. And yeah, I got to be honest with you, I have not checked it out as of the recording of this video right now. However, you're probably going to see the review at some given point uh, over on my main channel or the other channel for Neverworld. Uh, because yeah, I've been waiting for this movie for a long time and I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. We shall see though. Either way, Netflix streams the first four minutes of Black Clover, Sword of the Wizard King Friday. Let's go. Seriously, I'm I'm really looking forward to this movie. I only haven't seen it because it comes out super late at night. It's like I just woke up and it's early. But we, we gonna watch this movie, baby. Black Clover! Moving forward, Dr. Stone fans. Despite the fact that it's been very quiet, unusually quiet for the Dr. Stone fandom and community ever since the return of the anime, uh, Dr. Stone ain't stopping because Dr. Stone New World anime second part will premiere in October. The official Twitter account for Dr. Stone New World, the third Dr. Stone anime season announced on Thursday that the second core quarter of a year of the season will premiere in October. The first core ended with the season's 11th episode on Thursday, so the first core was only 11 episodes. Interesting. Toho Animation began streaming a music video for the first core featuring the season's opening theme song, Wasure Gataki, and and that's by Huey Ishizaki. And nothing uh, tops for me the first opening. That first opening was very freaking awesome. And yeah, I hope 
hope Dr. Stone picks up because it's a shame that it's really gotten quiet for Dr. Stone. I'm not really hearing any murmurings. I'm not hearing people hyping over Dr. Stone. And it might be that break in between the last season and now was just too long. And the manga being over doesn't help the you know fact that the fandom ain't really like as strong as it used to be because they kind of dispersed. And not every series can get away with that Demon Slayer and the manga now keep the anime going for years upon years. And Dr. Stone might be a victim of them trying something that just didn't work. But we shall see. Either way, Dr. Stone, uh, second part premiering in October. That's good that it's not that far of a wait for the next part. Because, yeah, they, they, they got us down bad waiting. Moving forward, some drama in the world of anime voice actors. Apparently, a voice actor claims Crunchyroll has blocked auditions to reprise the Tower of God role in video games. Voice actor Laura Post spoke out about perceived inequalities in Crunchyroll's contract for voice work. In a Twitter thread posted on June 2nd, Post wrote that a new Tower of God mobile game will not feature reprisals from the anime's English cast, stating that the actors were blocked from auditioning due to interference by Crunchyroll. The streaming service co-produced the 2020 anime series as part of its Crunchyroll original programming in partnership with Naver Webtoon. According to Post, the gamer developer approached a studio to begin recording the English localization and Crunchyroll went directly to the client and told them they owned the voice prints of the original cast. Post wrote that Crunchyroll doesn't own the voice prints. Anime News Network reached out to Crunchyroll about this claim but did not receive a response by press time. They went on to say that the video game client could legally not use any of the cast in the game in any capacity, not even as new characters or different characters than we originally played. We could not even audition for new or different characters. We were blacklisted, Post wrote on Twitter. What Crunchyroll said is completely 100% untrue. Not only did I personally review my contracts to be sure that there was no such clause, in addition, I also had multiple lawyers look over the contract and they agreed. There is nothing in there to stop us from being part of the project. At the very least, as new or different characters. Voice print in the entertainment medium refers to the audio recording of all the performer sessions, or in this case, everything created for the dub. The term is also used to refer to the specific cadence and pitch of a voice, but according to Thordson Law Office's Sean Thordson, it would not include the style of voice the performer created for the character as a whole unless the character's voice was recognizable and iconic. One instance involves Scientologist and voice actor Nancy Cartwright performing her Bart Simpson voice for robocall messages promoting the Church of Scientology in 2009. Post shared part of her contract with Anime News Network that lays out Crunchyroll's terms regarding the copyright ownership of her work. Thornton stated that the language in the shared portion of the contract is to declare that the copyright of the voice work and hence the voice prints belong to the initial party, Crunchyroll in this case, and thus only Crunchyroll may use those voice prints, which includes Crunchyroll's ability to license those voice prints out to a third party, such as a game developer, the ability to license out the voice prints would be subject to other terms of the contract. However, according to Thordson, while the shared contract clause limits who owns the results of the work, it does not prohibit an actor from reprising their role in any other medium. Post did not share the entirety of her contract with Anime News Network. Thordson told Anne that if there are any restrictions regarding role reprisals, it would be in another area of the contract. And yeah, it definitely feels quite a bit messy if Crunchyroll is blocking these voice actors from getting back on the project. I mean, we've seen already a couple of examples of 
these type of situations going on regarding, I believe it was the Netflix Baki anime where Sentai Filmworks licensed the rights for the Blu-ray and they had to get a whole new dub going because Netflix wanted to charge way too high and say like, hey, this is our price. So we're seeing these discrepancies between the voice actors and in general, you know, these companies. But I hope things improve as time goes on because this is getting quite a bit ridiculous. Moving forward, update on the success of the Oshinoko manga. It says here, Oshinoko's manga circulation doubled after the anime's premiere. Shueisha announced this month that Aka Akasaka and Mengo Yokoyari's Oshinoko manga has over 9 million copies in circulation as of May 31st. The manga had 4.5 million copies in circulation in March prior to the premiere of the manga's TV anime adaptation. The manga doubled its circulation numbers in just under two months since the anime premiered. And <laughs> this is definitely an indication at the very least that you should give it somewhat of a go to see if you like it or not. Because opposed to many other mediums, when it comes to manga, chances are if it's selling really good, there's probably something enjoyable at the very least or quality writing involved. So personally, I have not yet checked out the Oshinoko anime, but I kind of want to give it a go considering the fact that it did this and that at the very least means that either production-wise or story-wise or emotionally it captivated audiences enough to spread the word that, yo, you should go buy that manga, especially considering it's not the conventional like a battle series that is just going to explode or anything like that. It kind of makes me wonder like, hmm, maybe I should give this a go. So looking forward to seeing what they do with the Oshinoko anime. I need to give it a go. Big congrats in general to doubling your sales after the anime's premiere. That's the overall goal and objective of any anime to boost the manga sales at the very least from the publisher's standpoint. Moving forward, quick update for the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise's live-action Knuckles spin-off series. Apparently, they revealed more cast members. Entertainment News website Deadline reported on Wednesday that the live-action Knuckles spin-off series in the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise has cast Carrie Ells, Stockard Channing, Christopher Lloyd, Paul Shear, and Rob Hubel. Deadline noted that Paramount Pictures did not reveal which characters these cast members will play. The series will debut on Paramount Pictures' Paramount Plus streaming service in 2022. And will center on the character Knuckles. Well, obviously, of course, Idris Elba reprising his role. And out of all of those voices I'm familiar with, I know I've heard of Stockard Channing. I can't think of who that is right now. Christopher Lloyd, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that the dude from Back to the Future, the scientist guy? Like that, that's pretty freaking huge. So I'm excited. In general, I think that this could be something very big. I know that the Sonic movies have actually been very successful, and considering the fact that the Sonic IP has kind of I don't want to say been in the dirt, but it hasn't been the greatest ride being a Sonic fan for quite some time in terms of like, you know, people just accepting the games and getting quality games. So it looks like the movie side of things and now, of course, the spinoff series is where it's going to be in terms of Sonic is doing its thing in the theatrical standpoint and not necessarily in the video game stuff because, yeah, I don't know, ever since the classic Sonic games, well, I'll throw Sonic Adventure in there. Those were freaking amazing, the two of them, especially the first one. I love the... Yeah, Sonic ain't really been hitting like that, but the movies and live action is doing it, so yeah. Naruto slash Boruto fans in terms of video games. Well, we finally got a new trailer for 
gameplay at the very release of the upcoming Naruto X Boruto Storm Connections game. Naruto X Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections game trailer reveals Boruto, Karma, Kawaki, Jigen, and there was of course Baryon Mode, Naruto, Sasuke, like this new trailer. It showed quite a bit. Bandai Namco Entertainment began streaming a trailer on Tuesday for the Naruto X Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections game, and it revealed that Boruto's Karma, Kawaki, and Jigen will join the game as new playable characters and the game of course will launch for ps5 ps4 nintendo switch xbox one xbox series xs and pc via steam this year although i'm still wondering why no announcement of like you know the actual dates like what, what's the hold up you know uh, in addition to 124 characters from the previous game the new game will include new playable ninjas such as ashura and indra the game will also feature the baryon mode naruto and sasuke uchiha's supporting kage and in general i'm very much so excited this new trailer is just a little extra icing on the cake i'm gonna have all the storm games in one with brand new story for this boruto stuff brand new characters for the boruto stuff i think this is the first time kabuki is outside of mods going to be in the storm games in general so i'm very hyped for this i can't freaking wait this is going to ideally revitalize the storm community considering the fact that if i'm just being totally honest i've had no zero interest in shinobi strikers and that's been the main naruto game since like 2018 but I'll, I'll be honest, I just don't care about that game at all. But this right here, this, you, you got me sold, you got me hype, and I can't freaking wait. Moving forward, there's been some controversy regarding a recent decision by, I believe it's the Tezuka family that is behind this, uh, regarding Blackjack getting an AI manga. In case you don't know, Osamu Tezuka is a legendary icon in the manga industry. He's made incredible work such as Dororororo, a whole bunch of really great stuff. And apparently they're doing an AI manga of Blackjack and fans are very much so angry, disappointed, and not looking forward to this. Osama Tezuka's classic Blackjack series is getting a new manga co-produced by Tezuka Productions and Artificial Intelligence. The new AI manga will launch in Akita Shoten's Weekly Shonen Champion magazine this fall as part of Tezuka 2023 project and to commemorate Blackjack's 50th anniversary. The AI is based on chatbot GPT-4. The project utilizes technology developed under contract by the New Energy and Industrial Technology Development Organization, a research and development agency in Japan. Keio University's Faculty of Science and Technology Professor Satoshi Kurihara and Tezuka Productions' Makoto Tezuka, also known as Makoto Tezuka, are also participating in this project. And I'm wondering, is this little drawing right here blackjack 50th anniversary is that also done by chat gpt either way i'm gonna be honest with you there's there's two sides to it clearly i could feel where they're coming from in terms of like in general i'm not a fan of this whole new ai wave that's incoming it feels like it's taking away a lot of jobs taking away a lot of opportunities taking away a lot of uniqueness but i will say with a work like this in particular of getting an author that passed away considering the fact that chat gpt and in general ai's functionality is to utilize like different arts if they're using ideally tezuka as like you know the blueprint right like as far as like that's the main idea the main imagery that they're going to use in terms of drawing this new manga maybe it could kind of feel a little bit like yo it's going to look a lot more closer to tezuka than ever before because it's utilizing tezuka's works however from my understanding you know a lot of these ais they don't just stop there they use they utilize all sorts of different pictures and imagery as reference so yeah there's that and in general 
I know a lot of people are just feeling like, yo, what the hell, Robots is replacing <laughs> Tezuka, not Tezuka himself, obviously, he passed away, rest in peace, but in general, it's kind of like, it's a sticky situation, I'm on the fence of it, I mean, I'm not the biggest Blackjack fan to begin with, so it's like, okay, but I understand where people are coming from, where it's like, yo, dog, we're here, I've been saying it for a while now, it's the AI that is going to be an issue moving forward, but... Yeah, let me know your feedback on this whole situation because I've seen a lot of people in the community are very upset saying that they're making a disgrace to to Zuka's legacy. And yeah, there we go. Moving forward, GameStop terminates CEO amidst declining revenue. Yo, GameStop has been in wild stuff over the last few years. Remember that whole stuff with the stock market and everything? GameStop announced on Wednesday that it has terminated its CEO, Matthew Furlong, as of June 5th. GameStop is characterizing his termination as without cause after the completion of a termination agreement. Furlong held his position as CEO of the company for two years. Coincidentally, right around the time that whole stock market stuff went on, GameStop's general counsel, Mark Robinson, assumed the title of general manager and will be the company's principal executive officer. Robinson will report to Ryan Cohen, whom the company appointed executive chairman of the board. Cohen's responsibilities include capital allocation and overseeing management. The company's sales declined 10% in the first quarter of the fiscal year, ending April 29th. It experienced a decline of 16% in the U.S. from $995 million to $832 million year on year. The company had adopted aggressive cost cutting to narrow its losses in the previous fiscal year, but still lost U.S. $300 million. GameStop's quarterly financial report for the third quarter ending on October 31st, 2020, had announced that it would be closing 700 stores within the year. Since 2019, GameStop has closed about 800 stores worldwide and i'll be honest with you as a fan of going into uh you know stores like i was gonna say blockbuster but that's more renting but in general just a GameStop and going to buy physical media and stuff like that it does sadden me to see that the writing is on the wall GameStop's days are unfortunately numbered as much as i love to go in there and they've tried a lot like as far as to appease to especially like anime fans if you go in there chances are they have a lot of really cool swanky anime stuff merch that you probably can't find in most places so they definitely have tried their best but the writing is on the wall it's only a matter of time until everything is just going to be completely digital and that's going to really suck it's either going to be you got to order it online or buy it digital and yeah physical media in terms of especially like brick and mortar stores like game and uh, gamestop it's probably uh, its days are numbered and it's going to eventually be a thing of the past and for fans of buying physical media and going into that store and the whole experience of you know whether it be taking your kiddos in there like I have a very fond memory of taking my nephew in to go buy, I believe it was One Piece uh, Unlimited World Red, and I bought one for, uh, I think it was the PlayStation 3, I want to say, was it PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, I want maybe it was a PS4, and I got him like the DS version, it was something along the lines of that, and uh, it was just a great time, like walking my nephew in, his excitement and everything, and thinking that, yo, that one day might be a thing of the past is kind of sad. Moving forward, we got some updates in terms of upcoming anime stuff. Jujutsu Kaisen and Bleach's Thousand Year Blood War Arc TV anime will both be revealing their latest information next week in Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 30. And yeah, we're less than a month away from both Bleach and Jujutsu Kaisen season, well, yeah, season 2 for both of them. Second core of Bleach's Thousand Year Blood War and season 2 of Jujutsu Kaisen. And let me know which one you're putting your money on that's going to be the talk of the town. I think it's going to be a very fun time to 
to be a fan, considering a lot of people have said early on, especially that Jujutsu Kaisen kind of felt heavily inspired by Bleach and Bleach's Thousand and Blood War. If you read the manga, especially, you know that when for more epicness, more chaos, and I think it's going to be a great time to be an anime fan come this July. So yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen and Bleach's Thousand and Blood War will be giving us some more information. Although I'm just ready for them. Like cool with the information, I get it. Yeah, this, that, and the third, but. I just kind of want to watch them at this particular point. You feel me? <laughs> Haikyuu fans, despite the fact that I'm sure nobody really wanted this, they personally wanted TV anime, Haikyuu's final movie or final anime movie event will be revealing new information next week in Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 30. This special kickoff event is scheduled to be held in August 2023. And I'm imagining that's like in celebration and hype for the upcoming, I think it's upcoming, right? They haven't come out yet. The Haikyuu final anime movies. And I just know, and I I remember very vividly that when this was announced a lot of fans were very upset because essentially they were going to be squeezing in a ton of chapters into two films to wrap up the story of Haikyuu and fans was like yo that was supposed to be like another season or two instead they're giving us movies what the heck are they doing they're kind of you know pissing on the fandom to a certain degree and I think Possibly some of this decision was made due to the fact of the pandemic. I think the pandemic probably interrupted any plans that they might have had for TV anime because I know there was a lot of word for a while of like, yo, the TV anime is coming, this and that. But it could have very well been people seeing visuals from the movie and assuming it was the TV anime. So we can't say for sure. But either way, yeah, if you're hype about this, if you're a fan of this uh, movie situation, then there you go. If not, then... Yeah, the Doomsday Countdown. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it, it's terrible when they do stuff like this. Like, imagine you're waiting for the adaptation of something you massively love. And you're like, yeah, they're going to do it. They've been doing a great job so far. And then they just condense it down into two movies when you're expecting, like, 24 episodes, 50 episodes, something like that. It's a pretty big slap in the face to fans. So, it sucks. But IQ Final Anime Movie Event will be revealing new info. Yeah. Moving forward, Kimetsu no Yaiba aka Demon Slayer fans, apparently they'll be revealing a new upcoming anime key visual next week in Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 30. The wording is not too clear as it could be referring to a Kimetsu Gakuen anime adaptation or a new anime sequel for the Kimetsu no Yaiba TV anime. So there's a possibility that we could actually be getting an announcement for a new Demon Slayer adaptation in terms of for the Gakuen anime, which if you don't know about that is like a kind of gag spinoff series or a sequel TV anime. So it could very well be them saying like, well, we already know that, yo, Demon Slayer Season 4 is in production, guys. Or it could be a movie, which I don't know if we're in the works for a movie at this particular point. Or it could be the Gakuen anime. Personally, I have zero interest in the Gakuen anime other than maybe at some given point my kiddo can watch it whenever, if it ever gets dubbed or something like that. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, I don't have any interest in like the Gakuen anime. It's kind of like, uh, like out of all of those chibi spinoff anime thingy majigs the only one that or even manga for that matter that i was really like into was the rock lee one i kind of enjoyed the rock lee one for what it was but yeah attack on titan one i wasn't too big on the dragon ball sd one eh. so i'm not really all that gung-ho about it but hey maybe it'll be enjoyable maybe we'll get a laugh who knows either way that could be a big possibility of an announcement next week or they could give a visual for i think what would be the final episode that's airing this week of demon slayer so yeah, we gotta wait and see.
Small update for Jujutsu Kaisen's manga. Apparently, Jujutsu Kaisen will be on break next week in Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 30. And the series will resume in issue number 31 as scheduled. So, nothing to worry about. It's nothing like what's been going on with Horikoshi from My Hero Academia. From my understanding, the latest chapter has like 9 pages. Like, please give Horikoshi, I don't know, half a year off so he can relax, man. Yeah, yeah, killing this man. We're, we're watching the disintegration of a very prominent author and just in general a human being right before our eyes dog like i know this is a jujutsu kaisen segment right here but yeah this is a scheduled one what's been happening with Horikoshi from my hero academia has been a travesty to say the least Moving forward, apparently Momiyama, deputy editor-in-chief at Shonen Jump Plus app, has revealed that around 80% of the platform series are being published overseas. In addition, 30% of said series are selling better overseas than in Japan. That is interesting. 30% of the series in Weekly Shonen Jump Plus, or not Weekly, but Shonen Jump Plus's app are selling better overseas than in Japan. And 80% of them are available now. That's very fascinating. Momiyama adds in a following tweet that Manga Plus is the main reason for these stats and thinks the 5.5 circulation ratio for series sales between Japan and the rest of the world may be achieved sooner than expected. Yeah, I mean, anime manga has definitely gone global. I've seen the change right before my eyes in terms of the industry and in general the shift of things. I mean, we've seen graphs and stuff like that of showcasing that Japan, while it's been... And it's still going to be the leading, you know, it's the home base and whatnot. Worldwide has been catching up immensely. And considering the fact that 30% of these series and the app that it's the future of Jump, Jump Plus has definitely been, like, branded as it's pretty much going to be the future of where things go for this publication and for, you know, the Shueisha. 30% of them already selling better overseas than Japan. That is a big statement to say that expect more influence outside of Japan and manga moving forward for better or for worse. Moving forward, Rick and Morty fans. Apparently, Rick and Morty is already working on its next few seasons. Rick and Morty Season 7 is now in the works for a release with Adult Swim soon, but the team behind the series confirmed that there's already work being done on its next few seasons. Rick and Morty recently went through a major change behind the scenes as Adult Swim had parted ways with Rick and Morty co-creator and voice actor behind the main duo, Justin Rowland, heading into Season 7 in the series. But before this major change, there were already rumblings that work on Season 8 had begun as the writing team had already advanced forward in their previous schedule. The team behind Rick and Morty previously noted how they were already working on season 8 of the series but even with Roland's exit it seems that Rick and Morty is still already hard at work at the next few seasons beyond season 8 as co-executive producer Steve Levy and Adult Swim and Cartoon Network president Michael Owelling explained in a recent interview. Rick and Morty's team has been thinking about season 10 already. Jeez Louise you could tell that it makes them buckles of dollars if they think about season 10 uh, and Rick and Morty exec breaks silence on Justin Rowland's exit. Rick and Morty will be moving forward with season 7 following his exit and one of the executives behind the series has broken their silence on the endeavor. Last year Adult Swim announced that they were ending their association with Rick and Morty series co-creator and voice actor behind the voices of the titular duo and were moving forward on their work with Rick and Morty season 7 with the rest of the team. With Rick and Morty season 7 coming soon, those behind the scenes have started to open up about their reactions to the matter. Rick and Morty co-executive producer Steve Levy and Carl 
Cartoon Network Adult Swim president Michael Owelin took part in the Annecy International Animation Film Festival for Rick and Morty and offered some updates on the Now in the Works Season 7. Speaking with Premier ahead of the special panel at the festival, Levy and Owelin were asked about their thoughts on Roland's exit from the series and opened up about how tough it was for them to react to the fallout. The pill was hard to swallow, Levy began on discussing Roland's exit. We were shocked and disturbed by what happened, but we stuck together and we put all our energy into the series. We decided to stay positive and in the end, we produced the best drawings, scripts, and animations of the entire series. Levy then elaborated by emphasizing that Rick and Morty co-creator Dan Harmon has been on everything as a result. And Dan Harmon, the co-creator of Rick and Morty, has always been in the trenches with us every step of the way. He always has an eye on everything and sometimes that means he asks us to rewrite entire scripts but for the good of the series he never walked away after justin left only then concurred with the toughness of the situation but noted how rick and morty season seven will be a pivotal one there's no guide on how to react to this stuff and it's not normal to experience that of course it's hard of course it hurts but when a whole team works on a series the series actually becomes more important than one person season seven will be pivotal we know it but i think we've never done better so far and i'm wondering how they're gonna do this are they gonna use ai to recreate homies voices are they going to use people that kind of sound like him or are they going to go a whole different route and maybe write the story that something happens canonically in the story that oh hey our, our voices are changed morty something along the lines of that so it's going to be interesting to see how it goes i do think if i'm not mistaken and don't quote me on this this is just me free balling so forgive me if i'm off on this but i want to say that the allegations that were he was facing were I guess shot down or recanted so forgive me if I'm off on that but I do think I remember seeing something along the lines of that and it's a shame all around situation considering this is like a big you know project in general a lot of people's lives livelihoods is riding on this one and i guess we'll see how it goes i'm curious to see especially if you're a fan i'm, I'm very curious how do you feel about the situation considering the main voice behind rick and morty is gone and one of the main people behind it in general do you think that it'll thrive you think it'll survive and are you going to be tuning in for the next seasons and beyond moving forward demon slayer releases new synopsis for season three finale Demon Slayer's third season is preparing to come to a close as Tanjiro and company continue to fight against the Upper Moon 4, Han Tengu, with the top-tier demon having the ability to release his emotions to damaging effect. Tanjiro, Nezuko, Genya, and Mitsuri have their hands full. The season finale has offered anime fans a synopsis that breaks down what is to come when it comes to the installment that will bring the Swordsmith Village arc to a close. While the Mist Hashira has been a big part of the latest season, he has mostly been dealing with the Upper Moon 5 demon known as Gyoko. Holding an affinity for Vases, the top lenient of Muzan nearly eliminated Muichiro by placing him inside of a watery prison. Luckily, the top swordsman was able to break free and take down Gyoko, but found himself passing out thanks to the wounds that were inflicted upon him, calling his presence in the final battle into question. The demon known as Hantengu initially appeared as a sobbing mess of a villain, releasing four demonic entities that that had unique powers based on the emotions they were named from. With the four emotions fusing into one, Tanjiro and his young allies have been struggling against both the Upper Moon 4 and the dragons that have been unleashed thanks to his abilities. Penultimate episode hinted that we might learn more about the villain's backstory, which is a trend in the Demon Slayer story so far. Yeah, I'm imagining we're going to find out what his life was like before he became a demon, and I'm looking forward to it. Although I'm like, I think, two episodes behind now, so I need to get on it.
Moving forward, Dragon Ball teases a new Super Saiyan Blue debut. Interesting. If there is one thing Dragon Ball fans love, it is a good power-up. From Goku's first rage moment to Ultra Ego Vegeta, all eyes are on Dragon Ball's heroes whenever they push beyond their limits. Now it seems like another user is about to unlock the power of Super Saiyan Blue, and the teaser came straight from Goku himself. The whole thing went live recently as we got a new teaser from Dragon Ball Legends. The story update reunited Goku and Shalot as the later carried on training as a Super Saiyan God. It was not that long ago Shala unlocked the form, but the ancient fighter wants to get even stronger. So of course, Goku told Shala what he was training for next. You got it, Goku tells Shala towards the end of the new update. With this training, you're definitely going to get there to Super Saiyan Blue. So there you have it. It seems like Goku is ready to welcome Shala into the folds of Super Saiyan Blue. If the Saiyan can manage his power-up, he will be one of a select few who can use Super Saiyan Blue at will. We know Goku was the first to unlock the power before Vegeta came in second. In the extended universe, future Trunks and the future Warriors can also use this power boost. So Shala will be joining the team before long so yeah for dragon ball legends fans that's going to be cool i was hoping for this to be something even if it was in the vein of dragon ball heroes although i'm not the biggest fan of that considering it's not canon and in general yeah i hope the manga returns to something that is beyond the movie recap they've been doing but attack on titan fans apparently the director has dropped an update on the finale's dub masafumi mima took the opportunity to confirm that around 40 percent of the dubbing process was finished for the original japanese language so essentially the audio track for the original version the final episode has been confirmed for the fall though mappa has yet to state the exact date as to when attack on titan will release its last installment regardless of how the series ends it's sure to be a bloody finale for all the parties involved and yeah 40 percent of the audio was done so seems like we're on target to reach the goal of getting it out at that particular point and yeah, it's been a long time coming. I feel like what where we're on now, two to three years of them saying the finale, the final season, it's over, it's here. And yeah, the, this is going to be the wrap up, although I'm still going to stand on. I truly believe wholeheartedly that Attack on Titan is going to have some sort of spinoff series uh, coming down the road. I don't think that this is going to end by any means in totality. Probably just the story of, of course, Eren and his friends. But I full wholeheartedly feel like there's going to be more down the road but we gotta wait and see either way yeah 40 percent done of the audio and they said today's post recording is over it's the third day today about 40 percent is done director hayashi looks like he is having fun too and yeah we're gonna be sailing off soon from attack on titan going forward fairy tale fans in particular if you're fans of uh male fan service fairy tale creator just gifted fans with new thirsty art the creator of fairy tale knows what fans want and isn't afraid to give it to them while the artist stays busy working on a number of projects he never fails to give fairy tale the love it deserves this is why the anime fandom has loved hito mashima for all he does i personally rock with him because he is the hustler of the century and a hard worker and in general like somebody that i i, I aspire to be like in terms of dog does not stop he keeps on going now the creator gifted the fandom with some of his thirstiest art yet and yeah it looks like it's some sting and rogue body pillow-esque fan art so if you like that there you go <laughs> why not moving forward one piece creator flexes his genius with 20 year old throwback 
If there is one thing we have learned from One Piece is that Ichiro Oda is a genius. The artist has been plotting his way through the manga for decades now and has pulled together some insane twists. From depths to secret identities, One Piece has done it all, and that includes a number of mind-blowing throwbacks. And now, Oda has vowed fans once again with a flashback more than 20 years in the making. The update comes from One Piece Chapter 1086 as the update went live this week. It was there we reunited with the Gorosei and learned about their ties to Emu. It seems the figures are more powerful than we ever could have imagined. The gang is in charge of the world's progress, and when we met them this week, their identities were revealed in the throwback. After all, Oda introduced the Gorosei back in 2002 in Chapter 233. This took place in the 28th issue of the Weekly Shonen Jump that year, and now Oda has reintroduced the Gorosei and shared their identities in this year's 28th issue of Weekly Shonen Jump. Chapter 1086 marks the gang's return after 21 years, even though they've been shown many times since, but yeah. And they were even shown sitting in the same spots as before, so if you're not impressed by Oda before, now, well, this better do the trick. And yeah, uh, the One Piece manga is good and or great, and water is wet. Yeah, and Oda's a genius. He very much so. I'm sure it can't just be one man. Like, there's no way his brain can remember every single detail. I'm sure he has a giant staff that helps him with continuity and things like this. Because, yeah, it's just impossible to think of every single detail the way Oda crafts it. And we know for sure that, you know, people in Shonen Jump, they have teams. And I'm imagining Oda has a team that helps to make these things happen. Moving forward, One Punch Man creator launches new one-shot, Bug Ego. One might be best known for their work on the world of Saitama, aka One Punch Man, but the mangaka has recently been spreading their wings when it comes to the manga medium, recently releasing a new series titled Versus, which sees humans fighting against scores of demons for the fate of the world. The mangaka recently dropped a brand new one-shot that is unlike what has come before. Bug Ego has arrived in Japan and tells a tale that doesn't involve the fist cuffs that the creator is known for. One Punch Man has confirmed that the anime adaptation will be returned. Okay, yeah, no, that's about the anime, but One Punch Man Bug's Ego Bug Ego first arrived in Japan earlier this April with translators taking the opportunity to introduce it to readers around the world. Unfortunately, there has yet to been an official North American release confirmed, though one's popularity certainly works in its favor. Considering this is a one-shot, it might be a trickier for the story to receive an anime adaptation. Yeah, I don't think that'll get an anime adaptation, but that's definitely something that I wouldn't mind actually checking out because one, so far, everything he's dropped from Mob Psycho to One Punch Man to from what I read of Versus, he dropped some dope stuff. So One Punch Man got Bug Ego. I wonder where the hell he gets the time for that considering he recently brought back the webcomic version of One Punch Man. I know he wrapped up Mob Psycho, but he's also doing the serialized version of One Punch Man. He's doing Versus, which is his brand new manga. And then now he just has time for a one shot. Like, okay, uh, you want your top Ski Fujimoto bag, I see. Hmm. Moving forward, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure creator warns fans about a strange new scam. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has carved out quite a niche for itself in the anime game. While the anime adaptation has yet to confirm when or if it will return following the conclusion of Stone Ocean, the series has been making a name for itself thanks to its latest manga arc, the JoJo Lands, and various projects that are emerging in recent years. Unfortunately, all that glitters isn't gold, as a new scam has arisen that caused both Hirohiko Araki and the publishers of the manga to get involved. Here is the official statement that was released on Hirohiko Araki's Twitter account, ironically enough dropping 
on the creator's 63rd birthday. We have received reports of an individual claiming to be an acquaintance of Mr. Hirohiko Araki in a certain restaurant and discussing matters related to Mr. Araki's privacy. Please be informed that this person has no connection whatsoever with Mr. Araki or Shueisha. The restaurant in question has apparently been creating fictional stories that the owner was friends with the Jojo's Bizarre Adventure creator in earlier days named Waku Waku Tei in Sendai, the hometown of Hirohiko Araki. The establishment had even recently created an event that would celebrate the manga's recent birthday. As of yet, the restaurant has yet to respond to Araki and Shueisha when it comes to this controversy. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it was a dude that knew Araki back in like 6th grade. You know, he knew him for like one year and he's like, yo, I got this restaurant. I, this is how I'm gonna get my way up in here, bro. This is, we up now. I knew Araki, dog. And he's taking it probably way too far. And Yeah, that's never, like, don't do that, dog. If you knew somebody one year in life 20 million years ago that gives you no right to pull something like this especially to act like yeah i'm a part of thing like who are you fam that's literally what shueisha and jump is saying right now like who are you even if you knew him for a few years back in the day who cares what are you doing dog like Anyway, Black Clover star animator hypes movie premiere with Noel poster. The new poster featuring Noel, who is not proposed to in this image, celebrates that the Black Clover movie is only three days away from hitting Netflix. It is out currently now, and the image right here is of Noel doing like some sort of salute. And yeah, it looks really dope. And in general, again, uh, the Black Clover movie is out right now alongside my album, The Rise of Tim Roosevelt. If you want to go check it out, it's on all streaming platforms yeah go listen in and go watch the black clover movie and this noel poster looks kind of cool and i'm imagining it looks even cooler in the movie spider-man fans marvel's spider-verse expands with new manga spider-man fake red and hyping up the latest spider-man manga viz media also released a trailer this month to give fans a look at the heroes and villains that will be part of the story new character you is looking to take on the role of spider-man it seems though the problem arises in the fact that this all new wall crawler has no superpowers to speak of with the story featuring the likes of sinister six and venom you seems to have big threats headed his way and there's a little image there which i ain't gonna lie the art looks gorgeous gorgeous but how the hell are they gonna pull this off a guy that wants to be spider-man but has no powers you're supposed to have some damn spidey powers what are you doing what do you mean you know what i'm saying like if you're not then you're just some dude putting on a costume that's like me putting on the spider-man costume right now and being like yo i'm spider-man Except maybe you don't know if I got powers. What you know about me, dog? You don't know nothing about this Tim Roosevelt greatness right here. <laughs> but yeah, the art looks pretty good. The premise is, okay, kind of sounds like a My Hero Academia Deku. Like, I got no powers, but I could be a hero. But imagine Deku took it a step further and just started dressing like All Might and running out in the streets trying to pull something. I'd be like... Deku, relax, chill. <laughs> Moving forward, One Piece creator addresses Netflix's live action show ahead of first look. It seems the crew of One Piece is ready to set sail on a new adventure. The manga and anime are busy as usual releases and the pair will be joined by a different kind of debut soon enough. Netflix's live action take on One Piece is coming and we will likely get a first look at the show this week. And now the creator of One Piece himself is addressing the live action series. The live action version is something we've been working on behind the scenes even while making One Piece Film Red and One Piece Stampede, Oda said. If you do the math here, you can see One Piece has been cooking for about four years, so the Netflix series will be anything but half-baked. Of course, fans are eager to see exactly what One Piece looks like in live action, or I don't know if eager is the word, 
But yeah, we've known about the One Piece cast for ages now, and the filming of the TV series wrapped up last August after kicking off in January, filming on set in Cape Town, South Africa. One Piece went viral time and time again online as fans took in the show's elaborate sets. Still, we have yet to be given any close-up of the cast and character, let alone a trailer, but we might be seeing it soon. And I'm just imagining that even if it looks incredible, fans are still going to have gripes just because fans will be fans, especially when it comes to live-action adaptations. Personally, again, until I actually see the thing, I'm not going to judge it one way or another. I don't like, I want to actually see this before I say, like, oh, it's bad or it's good. Because if I'm just going to be giving, like, why am I going to give a half baked response to even if the trailer, like, don't get me wrong, like, if the trailer is too out of line, then I will call it for what it is. Like, dog, what what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Uh, But I do want to give it a chance. I don't want to just straight up condemn it before it even arrives. But it doesn't help the situation, the fact that they are delaying the living crap out of putting out a trailer for this thing. I will say that. It doesn't help, but we shall see. And Oda says, yo, we've been working on this for a while. So, Oda, your, your, your neck is on the line for this one, fam. You've been very heavy in saying that you are involved, you are helping, you are doing this thing. We will see, Oda. We will see. Moving forward, Dan the Don may have an anime in the works. Yeah, I do think it's been confirmed or it was leaked a while ago that they're in the works for a Don the Don anime. The anime industry is a wild place and it seems new shows are being announced by the week. Studios are putting out new series left and right as anime become even more and more popular in the markets outside of Japan. Of course, manga's top titles are always first to get up in anime and now a new report suggests Don the Don is finally about to get its due. The rumor all began with a curious web domain registration in Japan. It seems the web domain name Anime Don the Don has been registered as an official site. A locked Twitter profile named Anime underscore Don the Don surfaced shortly after the domain was registered, but the updates caused fans to do a double take. And from my understanding, there was a big rumor that it was Studio Bones that is the ones behind this. But then later on, it was denied by official sources. But they did say that it's going to be a good one. So more than likely, the Don the Don anime is making moves. That's probably a legit domain. And that's probably even a legit Twitter. However, the studio behind it being Bones, that's up in the air. Considering they denied that it's Bones, it's possibly not. I think Bones would be great. Especially considering the fact that they no longer have mob psycho 100 don the don would be perfect for bones to give that mob psycho treatment that they did all those years so i'm, I'm hoping honestly bones would be perfect I, I really hope that they're lying and it actually is bones that would be great because if they give it mob psycho treatment don the don is going to be immaculate because don the don manga itself is freaking awesome Moving forward, Demon Slayer Season 3 announced its extended finale. Demon Slayer made its return to TV this year with Season 3, and the comeback wastes zero time getting underway. Over on social media, the team at Ufotable confirmed the extended finale was coming. It turns out Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, the Swordsmith Village arc, will wrap up with a 70-minute finale. This means that a lot is going to go into the anime before June ends, so fans better buckle up. As the latest episode Demon Slayer, the anime had a lot to juggle thanks to the love Hashira. After evacuating much of the village, Mitsude made her appearance before Hantengu this week with a full-on fight. Not only did this update teach us about Mitsude's backstory, but we got to see just how powerful the love-breathing style is in action. We also got a few other teasers about Mitsude, including her romantic interest in Obanai, so Demon Slayer fans can look forward to these cliffhangers being addressed in coming seasons and i ain't gonna lie i'm i'm hyped for it i'm 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 hyped for it i gotta i gotta catch up but i'm hyped for it even jujutsu kaisen's creator is worried about mappa and its workload 
There's no denying that Studio Mappa has a lot going on. The company's juggling some of the industry's most popular series from Attack on Titan to Chainsaw Man. Of course, the studio has all eyes on its slate this summer as Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 is on its way. It seems the series creator is even worried about the wild workload Mappa is under. The update was shared by Gagaku Tami himself this week as the manga wrote a new author's comment for fans. All the animation cuts for the second trailer for Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 were good. I'm concerned about the animation studio. And yeah, that's just another example of everybody knowing that there's a big problem. We all know that there's a massive problem that these animators are slaving themselves to give us this quality. And most of it is done based off of the love that they have for this. It's not that they're highly paid. They're very much underpaid. But yeah, until something gets done, it'll remain that even the creator himself has to say, Yo, I hope that they're not dead out there, but... Considering anime is at its all-time high boom, it's kind of crazy that we're still stuck at the same situation we were even 10 years ago of animators being left like slaves. And it's only gotten worse considering the fact that their wages hasn't gone up, but the demand for anime has gone up 10, 20, 30 fold. So now they're working harder, harder, and it's going to collapse at some given point. You can only do so much. Fans, people that love this stuff that are working on this based off of passion will only go so far. Eventually, people are going to be like, Nah, this is highway robbery, dog, and I'm not doing this. Moving forward, Sui Shida uh, recently came out and said uh, he doesn't feel that Tokyo Ghoul was a success. It's been a hot minute since the world was first shown Tokyo Ghoul. If you did not know, creator Sui Shida thought up the horrifying Supernatural series some years ago, and Tokyo Ghoul had a vice grip on its readers as its anime went live. Yes. Yeah. Tokyo Ghoul was inescapable. The revelation came this week courtesy of Ishida himself as he spoke with Animania and Manga Passion. It was there the artist talked about his ongoing series Chojin X. However, fans were quick to double take when Ishida got on the topic of Tokyo Ghoul. As far as the premise is concerned, I don't really consider Tokyo Ghoul a success. For me, success is when I get the feeling that I drew something good. When I think about it, I don't actually demand for it to be well received in society or that many people like it. So success for me is whether I can praise myself for it or not. Clearly, the creator of Tokyo Ghoul is not talking about success in terms of profits and sales. He probably feels like he just didn't do the best work. And considering we had reports from him in the past in an interview saying that he was downright depressed and he was arguably miserable towards the end of Tokyo Ghoul, I could see somebody feeling like they are unsuccessful in terms of the mindset that he must have been in creating Tokyo Ghoul towards the tail end of the series. Next up, we just got a little update here, a little image, shall I say, of the upcoming Ranger Reject anime. And I'm very much so excited about this from everything I've heard of. It's kind of like taking Power Rangers and doing a massive twist on it. And yeah, this image looks kind of cool. Though it kind of reminds me to a certain degree of like Kaiju number eight. And I'm wondering, I, I hope we don't go the CG route, but I wouldn't be surprised considering the transformations, the Power Ranger-esque forms that the characters undertake. So we'll see, but image looks kind of cool so far okay people let's jump into the weekly shonen jump author comments and let's start it off with Ichiro Oda creator One Piece the live action version is something we've been working on behind the scenes even while making Red and Stampede so yeah what we reported on earlier in this one that they've been doing this for a while we got uh, Kill Blue Tadatoshi Fujimaki author of also Kuroko no Basket we decided to get a finch her name is Shiratama and she's super cute Alrighty, we got Akane Banashi's Takamasa Moe. I was on Sakadai TV. I read the magazine version all the time as a student, so I was overwhelmed with emotion. 
We got the Ichinose Family's Deadly Sins by Tizen 5. It's starting to get hot, but please take care of yourselves. And please enjoy Chapter 28. Yeah, while, while you're hot, just read that Chapter 28, fam. Kojimura from Blue Box. I saw the Super Mario Brothers movie in 4DX 3D. So exciting. Loved it. I have yet to see it, to be honest. We got Gegakutami from Jujutsu Kaisen. Again, something we reported on earlier. All the scenes from the second promotional video for the second season of the anime are so good that I'm worried if everyone is working way too hard <laughs> uh, we got yeah it's sad that kind of all we could do is just say yo i hope they good because that's the state of the anime industry still mission yozakura family's hitsuji gandaira i sometimes get marty friedman and martin friedman mixed up okay sakamoto days yuto suzuki my wife brought home uni and other stuff back from hokkaido so sweet and delicious Nui's Exorcist, Kota Kawai. I'm blown away each week by the amazing backgrounds drawn by my assistants. Thank you so much. We got Kenta Shinohara, Witch Watch. Volume 11 is now on sale in Japan. I'm saying that constantly. Weekly serialization is so fast. Shoutouts to Witch Watch. I just started reading that and I like it. We got Miyaroboko's Shuhei Miyazaki. I did my best to lose weight for the signing event, but then I rebounded. I need a new goal. We got Do Retry Jun Kirarazaka. I'm hooked on gummies right now and recommended the Tough Psycho ones. So yummy. We got Yuki Tabata from Black Clover. I watched the Black Clover movie at a premiere event. It was super awesome. Please go check it out. I will do probably when I finish this episode. The Elusive Samurai's Yusei Matsui. Buying a ton of stuff at the Okashi no Machioka store makes me feel like an oil baron or something. Cypher Academy Yuji Iwasaki. I cleaned my work chair. There was so much dust so I think I'll go... I'll go with leather over mesh next time. Undead Unlux Yoshifumi Tezuka. My assistant Homura Akatsuki had their one shot right next to Undead Unluck in the magazine. We're together. I'm so happy. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, Tenmaku Cinema Shun Saiki, one of the creators from uh, Food Wars. I'm addicted to this non-alcoholic wine drink called Wine no Kyujitsu. The sweetness level is perfect. Alrighty. Muscle Magic and Muscles Hajime Komodo. I'm eating nothing but tomato pasta. I can't make anything else. I want to learn how to cook. <laughs> and Fabricant 100, Daisuke Enoshima. I really need to go to Universal Studios Japan before the Jujutsu Kaisen event ends. Yo, why are you not promoting your work? Why are you talking about Jujutsu Kaisen? What is wrong with you, dog? <laughs> yeah, people, those were the author comments from Weekly Shonen Jump. Always a treat. And let's close this episode up with the top 50 best-selling manga of the week. Courtesy of Jose underscore Ke. Let's see, we got 50 through 41 to start off with. And okay, I don't know a good chunk of these. We got, well, Diamond No Ace, aka Ace of Diamond Act 2, final volume with 12,000 this week, bringing his total to 121. Okay. Oh, the Ichinose Family's Deadly Sins Volume 2 back on the charts. That's interesting. In three days, 13. Wait, is it back on the charts or is this a, a debut? Hold on. When was it? No, this is okay. This is the brand new release. It's at 13.9 in three days. So it would have did about 20 in a full week. I'm, I'm supporting the series. This is one of the few newbies from Shonen Jump that I really, really like. It's very different for Jump. And yeah, I thought that... For some reason, I felt like the second volume was already out. But okay, either way, volume two doing almost 14K in three days. I'd imagine a full week, it would have done about 20. So I'm hyped for it. Uh, whatever the heck that manga is at the 42nd spot, uh, volume seven of it, Kate Kurasa Akatsu-san. Right on there, hey. <laughs> uh, then we got places 40 through 31. We got, let's see, at 
number 40 goblin slayer volume 30 or volume 14 i almost said volume 34 volume 14 and 11 days 54k with 14 this week uh okay we got the sasuke resident volume 2 and three days 14.5k again probably would have done about 20 in a full week and that cover is fire and shout out to sasuke i wish it would have done a little bit better but you know it is what it is and i mean the volume's coming quite a bit after the anime ended so yeah uh, we got number 38, World's End Harem, Volume 18, on three days, 15.2. Not the greatest, but alrighty. We got at number 36, Tokyo Revengers Letters from Keisuke Baji, Volume 3, in 19 days, over 100k. Still making them money. Uh, Ayakashi Triangle's latest volume, Volume 14, in three days, 16.7. And that's that it got removed from, though. Yeah. Uh, Spy Family Volume 11 still on the charts with 16.9 this week, bringing its total to 1.21 million amazing the elusive samurai volume 11 he was volume of elusive samurai in three days 18.4 okay pretty good uh then we got places 30 through 21 we got my hero academia team up mission volume 5 in three days 20.8 that's very good uh, we got Witch Watch, yeah, so it looks like Jump just dumped a whole batch of new volumes. We got Witch Watch Volume 11 in 3 days, 23k. Witch Watch has went up a lot, considering it's outselling a lot of the other noobs and stuff like that. That's pretty good for Witch Watch. Then you got Akane Banashi just barely beating out Witch Watch with its 6th volume with 23.4k in 3 days. And Akane Banashi, I believe, they just reported that it is a million copies in circulation. So, 6 volumes, a million copies... Shonen Jump is it's eating, they feasting. And then you got from places 25 through 21 on this little bracket right here. All Oshinoko yet again with about 23 to 25,000 each volume. And I ain't gonna lie, volume 6 cover looks pretty cool. And just in general, yeah, I, I keep on saying it every freaking week. But I gotta check out Oshinoko. Then we got places 20 through 11. And Oshinoko jumping in here again at places 20 and 18 with... About 25, 27k each. Uh, we got a Yu-Gi-Oh! OCG Stories Volume 2. Within 3 days, 23.6k. Or in total, 26.6k. Very interesting. We got Kinikuman Volume 82. In 3 days, 27.7k. Yeah, they're ramping up because that new anime is incoming. Then we got just more Oshinoko. We got Oshinoko 16... 15, 14 for volumes 3, 2, and 4, all doing 27 and 29K a piece. What did you eat yesterday after? I think it was number one last week. Uh, in 13 days now, it's at 141K with 31K this week. Uh, the latest Boruto volume before the hiatus. Not a great showing per se, but in three days, 34K. Full week probably would have did about the 40, I'm, I'm guessing. It's all right for a showing but yeah boruto sales have gone down a lot especially if you consider the fact that it's running simultaneously with dragon ball super and dragon ball super at this point is doing like 100k each volume drop not great for boruto despite the fact that the chapters in that volume in particular are phenomenal like really really great chapters it's a shame uh oshinoko yet again at number 11 with volume 1 34k bringing his total 625 god I'm, I'm i'm so disappointed right now boruto should be selling more go buy some boruto volumes like let's let's get things lit then we got top 10 top 10 top 10 top 10 
Oh yeah, Shonen Jump now, they just dump everything out when at uh, once. At number 10, this is not Shonen Jump by the way, uh, Blue Lock Volume 24, in 19 days, 320k with 40.6 this week. Uh, Black Clover's latest volume, in 3 days, 42k. Again, I'd say at a full week, it would have done maybe 55-ish. Not great for Black Clover. Black Clover has dropped a lot. Um, and it's probably going to be ending soon, to be honest with you, just the way the story is going as well. But phenomenal cover, and at least it's debuting in the top 10, so there's that. Uh, at number 7, Sakamoto Days, Volume 12, in 3 days, 43k. Considering it has no anime, it's only 12 volumes deep, it's not your typical battle shonen. Big win for Sakamoto. See, there's a big difference. Black Clover is 35 volumes in, had over 100 plus episodes of anime, even got a movie out. Um, and it's, you know, not doing even Sakamoto Days' numbers. That's where a series usually is like, okay, the publishers come together and they're like, yo, it's time to end this one. Although, I will say that the manga has never been as successful or as popular as the anime. So, maybe the anime still has a chance to come back. We got a number four, the latest volume of One Punch Man, volume 28. In three days, over 102k. That's really, really good. Shoutouts to One Punch Man. Uh, we got Ao no, or Ao Ashi, volume 32. In six days, 115k. Uh, at number two, World Trigger. In three days, 145.7. World Trigger fans always show up. And then at number one, My Hero Academia, volume 38. In three days, 224,000. I'd imagine that would have been 300k plus at a full week but either way shout outs to everything on this list uh yeah shonen jump must have just I, i'm wondering like and they usually do that but they, probably in a little bit less of a capacity like shonen jump it must be that they figure yo fans are gonna go and buy volumes all at once so let's just dump everything we got at once because they just dropped like everything that they got damn near minus one piece and jujutsu kaisen but yeah pretty awesome list that's all from me for this episode. Thanks for watching. I'm Fnubble World, and as always, people, have an awesome day. And remember the golden rule. Anime and manga for life, boy. Have an awesome day. Peace in. And you guys just watched another episode of Forever News. Have an awesome day. Subscribe and hit that bell to get more. And check out my album, The Rise of Tim Roosevelt, out now on all streaming platforms. Yes, it's busy on my day one's gotta be clear. Still moving on, baby, but I wish you was here. Still moving on, baby, but I gotta get there. Still moving on, baby, I'ma never forget. Still moving on, maybe I'ma never regret. Still moving on, still moving on. This is for my day one. This is for my day one.